Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. This is a relatively recent update. Not so long ago, I told you a story about that defendant who was facing sentencing in Nevada and decided to try to leap over the judge's bench and go after the judge. And um, the judge did get injured. A couple other people got hurt. Uh, He got taken down. And then, of course, he's now facing a whole new slew of charges. But because of the brouhaha he caused, he wasn't sentenced. And so I said in that video that, yeah, the guy still needs to be sentenced and then he'll get charged with a whole bunch of other crimes. And of course, those crimes and those trials would be separate from his current sentencing. Now, I said, because people ask me this, uh, can she still sentence him? And I said, probably, because if she didn't, that would be rewarding his bad behavior. But number two, sentencing is a little different than most people expect it to be. So if you ever get sentenced for a criminal act and you've never been sentenced before, you need to know that quite often they have you do a pre-sentencing investigation or pre-sentencing report or or something where after you've been convicted, they send you down to somebody who works with the courts and they interview you and they study you and they try to figure out what sentence makes sense, are you likely to re-offend, and they write a report about you. And, and then they give sentencing recommendations. So they'll often tell the court that, you know, the sentencing guidelines say you can give this person anywhere from one year to five. Um, and this finds me from here to here. And um, after, you know, interviewing them and doing a complete study on them, whatever you want to call it, uh, we've come to the conclusion that they're not likely to reoffend. This does appear to be a one-time-only thing. And we'd recommend a, a sentence of one year. But I've seen the other, the other end where they go, oh, no, this person's a real problem. They've got a history. And uh, they, need, they need the full five years. And so that report and the recommendations is given to the defendant. So the defendant knows what is being recommended, and their attorney will go over it with them. And I've read a lot of those reports because I've talked to clients before they got sentenced, back when they used to do more criminal law. And so the judge had that sentence in front of her and the sentencing report in front of her. And so if she simply sticks with that, It's hard to argue and say that the guy attacking her caused her to do anything different than what she was going to do. So the Nevada judge attacked by defendants in viral court video finishes sentencing him. And uh, Mike, who works there, along with a bunch of other people sent me these stories. Ken Ritter wrote this from the AP. A man who leapt over a judicial bench and attacked a Nevada judge was shackled and closely watched Monday as he appeared before the same judge and was sentenced to up to four years in state prison for that event. That is what he's there for. Keep in mind, um, you can find the pictures on the internet. They brought him in. They weren't taking chances. So they had him handcuffed with the chains around the waist and they had stuff over his face. And I mean, it looked almost like Hannibal Lecter, but not quite. The punishment was handed down in connection with an attempted battery charge dating to last year that the defendant had pleaded guilty to in November and was in court to be sentenced on January 3rd when he rushed the judge. The judge said, I want to make it clear I am not changing or modifying the sentence I was in the process of imposing last week before I was interrupted by the defendant's actions. That's the judge Holthus speaking. And uh, at that moment in time, the man was standing in shackles before her, flanked by jail security guards with a mask covering part of his face and orange mitts on his hands. Ain't nothing worse than standing in court as a defendant wearing oven mitts. (laughs) While the sentence could last up to four years, he could be paroled in 19 months, depending on his behavior in prison, and of course, decisions made by the parole board. 
Now, neither the man nor his lawyer was asked to speak during Monday's brief court appearance. He is slated to appear before a different judge soon regarding 15 new felony and misdemeanor charges related to the courtroom attack, and he could face decades in prison if convicted. Now, I mentioned that there's going to be all kinds of stuff that's going to happen as a result of that attack on the judge. One of them is that if he gets tried, it's going to be really easy to try him. I said that because all the witnesses who saw it. And one thing I had not mentioned is that the attorney who is standing next to him probably cannot represent him legally because that attorney is now a witness. And obviously, if the guy's a witness and may have to testify against this man, he cannot be his attorney. He's probably glad about the conflict. But it does say here the attorney declined to comment. He will not represent the defendant on Tuesday because he witnessed the courtroom attack. The defendant, meanwhile, had been telling the judge on Wednesday he was in a better place mentally and didn't think he should be sent to prison. But when the judge made it clear she was going to have him locked up, he vaulted the defense table and dove over the judge's bench, landing on top of her. Video shows her fall back against a wall and an American flag toppling forward onto the bench. She suffered some injuries, but was back to work the next day. The man had to be wrestled off the judge by several court officers, jail security, and courtroom staff members, including her clerk, including some who were seen on video throwing punches. (laughs) I mentioned that before. In the video, you can see a man wearing a suit coat just pummeling somebody right off screen. I believe that is her clerk. One marshal was hospitalized with a bleeding gash on his forehead and a dislocated shoulder. He was in the courtroom again on Monday, wearing street clothes and a baseball cap. Meanwhile, the man's foster mother and older sister told reporters outside the court that the man's been diagnosed with schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and uh, court records did say he was found competent to stand trial, but I've mentioned before it's a very, very low standard. And I don't know about this man. I don't know whether or not he has got mental issues of that nature. But these people seem to think he does. But I've watched a lot of courtroom videos, and I've been in a lot of courtrooms watching things happen just in real life, in real time. And unfortunately, there's a disproportionate number of people in the courts who have mental issues. And unfortunately, instead of getting the help they need, they wind up getting into conflict with somebody that winds up with them in a courtroom. And they're not getting the treatment they need. Things ain't getting better for them and often spiral out of control. And that could be what's happening here. The man's foster mother told a reporter, no disrespect, we're not denying what he did. She noted that she was shocked when the man just snapped. Uh, Meanwhile, his older sister said he struggles with his illness, explaining that her brother hadn't been in treatment recently. It's a chemical imbalance. I don't think sending him to prison will help. The Clark County District Attorney said the man's adult criminal history included convictions for three felonies, nine misdemeanors, mostly involving violence. The community needs to be protected. Um, Sometimes we give too many people too many chances, he said. This is a situation where the man is given too many chances. A courtroom marshal told Las Vegas police that after the man was handcuffed and taken to a holding cell, that he said he believed the judge was evil and has it out for me. That is, the defendant said that. He believed the judge was evil and has it out for me. Meanwhile, he remained jailed on $54,000 bail pending his next court appearance on charges including attempted murder, extortion, coercion with force and battery on a protected person, referring to the judge 
and the officers who came to her aid. So there's not a whole lot more I can add to that, except I think that many people know this, especially people who work in the system, that a lot of people with mental issues who don't get the help they need wind up in court, often in jail, and it becomes an out-of-control spiral. And so, you know, this is one of the most egregious things you can do, especially in this day and age where everything is being videotaped. And so I remember hearing stories long before there were video cameras. You hear something happened in a courtroom or something happened over here. People describe it. And you wonder, how accurate was that? And then you watch that video and you go, oh my gosh. <laughs> Without the video, I wouldn't have pictured it being that bad. I couldn't have thought it could be that bad. But what, you know, what happened, it didn't take a lot of time, but it was quite bad. And so unfortunately for this guy, it was all caught on camera. There were dozens of witnesses. And when it gets brought to another courtroom for trial, chief among those testifying against him, if he takes us to trial, will be a judge, a prosecutor, his former attorney, and a whole bunch of people in the courtroom, and then all the court staff. And it's kind of hard to paint them all as making this up or something, especially when you can show the video to the jury. Because I got to tell you, and, and this is something that, that has been proven over and over again, jurors can get bored. And so if jurors have attorneys just yakking away and people in the witness box just yakking away and the judge reading page after page of jury instructions, it all starts to blend together. When they say, we've got video, boom, takes on a whole different meaning, the power of that video. And some people are going to say, Steve, 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 you can't force that attorney to testify against his own client. That's a violation of attorney-client privilege. Um, yes, you can. They're not asking him about any privileged communication. They're not going to ask him about his relationship with that client. They're going to say to him, isn't it true you were standing in a courtroom on such and such a date? Yes. In fact, isn't that you in that video standing next to him? Yes. And at some point, he jumped the table and jumped the bench. You saw that, didn't you? Yes. They're not going to ask him about his communications with his client. They're going to ask him about things he saw as a fact witness at the scene of an alleged crime. So they, they can do that. They can do that. Now, I've seen cases before they've tried to subpoena attorneys and claim that's why they're doing it. Different story altogether. But here, there's no question that they can ask him to testify. Now, they might not. They might not. Because one of the other rules of evidence that's important to understand is that there can come a time we've got so much evidence, do you really need to keep piling it on? And so an example I like to tell people is there's a stadium in Michigan that seats over 100,000 people. 100,000 people. Let's suppose something happened on the field that everyone, <laughs> everyone saw. Everyone saw it. It was a crime. Theoretically, you'd call all 100,000 of those witnesses. You could. It would get to be what we call cumulative, meaning that, is it really necessary? Are they all going to testify to substantially the same thing? Yeah, they are. Okay, pick five, pick four. We don't need 110,000, you know? So they might not need all of these witnesses. But if they want to, one of the ones they can call would be his attorney who was standing there, watched it all happen, and presumably did not advise him to do this. And that's a bigger question, is if he says, hey, I advised him to do that, would that get him out? 
They'd probably get him charged, but <laughs> not this story altogether. I'm joking. I'm joking. But anyways, Mike sent me this. Keeps me updated. Thank you very much. He was the first person to send me the photograph the guy brought back into court from the Associated Press and Ken Ritter writing it. Nevada judge attacked by defendant in viral court video finishes sentencing him, and she sentenced him exactly as she was going to before he jumped the bench. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Be sure to follow your own advice before dispensing it to others.